The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I have an exciting conversation today about creativity and about how to unleash that side of you. We each have a creative aspect within us. Some of us fully delve into that, diving full force and making wonderful creations that we share with the world. And others of us seem to have blocks or doors that we need to open and unlock so that we can tap into that creative side. And then there's a third group of us that feels like we don't have a creative bone in our body, but it seems to be there for all of us. It's a matter of just tapping into it. My guest today is Julia Cameron, and she has had a remarkable career, which has given hope to many people in unleashing their creativity. She's an award-winning poet, playwright, and filmmaker, and has written over 30 books, ranging from her widely praised, hard-hitting crime novel, The Dark Room, to volumes of children's poems and prayers. The book that we're going to be discussing today is The Creative Life, but many of you may most know her through The Artist Way, which has sold more than 2 million copies worldwide, and her follow-up bestsellers, The Vein of Gold, Walking in This World, and The Right to Write, are also flagship books which are taught in universities, churches, human potential centers, and even in tiny clusters deep in the jungles of Panama. I'd like to welcome Julia Cameron to 1111 Talk Radio. Hello, it's good to be here. Julia, it's wonderful to have you on. You really are the goddess of creativity in my mind. You have brought so much assistance to so many people in helping them to unleash their creative side. But not only that, just your own expression of creativity in many different genres has been such an example that people need to see so that they can feel confident enough to step into their own. Right. One of the things that's wonderful is that when I go out to teach now, people very often come up to me and say, I used your tools and this is the book I wrote. And they hand me a book. Or I used your tools and this is the CD I just recorded. And they hand me a CD. That must be an amazing feeling to be literally the the birth mother or the grandmother to so many other books just simply by sharing the wonderful tools and concepts that you've been able to bring for yourself. Yes, it's a wonderful feeling. How how did this latest book, The Creative Life, come about? It's a little bit different than many of your other books, and it really goes more into the actual life course of uh, someone that's a creative writer or a creative. How did the concept or, or idea of this first begin? 
Well, as I say right in the book, it happened because I realized my life was rushing past me and I was not cherishing it. So I began to think I need to slow down and really appreciate the people and the events that I'm encountering. And so I started to keep a diary of what my creative life was like, what my colleagues were like, um, what events we went to. And I realized as I was writing it that I had to pass through uh, a certain reticence it's a very personal book, and it really uh, gives people a peek at what my life was like in New York. And I had to overcome a shyness on my part uh, about writing so personally. Now, many many people say that creativity actually gets unleashed when you give yourself the space so that it can flow in and it can can start to blossom and flower. But a lot of the book is also within the busyness of your life. So how does that balance out between space and busyness? Well, I think that's the balance everybody's trying to find. And I think uh, that actually my artist way tools are the tools which gave me balance. And through the course of, of having your daily life and the occurrences in creating the creative life, did you have any specific aha moments that occurred for you during the process? Well, one of the things that I realized was how interconnected artists' lives are. Um, I have encounters with people, conversations with people, and we sort of egg each other on. And I think that one of the things that's difficult uh, in our society is that we have a sort of mythology around the artist. And our mythology says that artists are loners. And my experience is that artists are involved with other artists and that we aren't loners at all. We're more like a little village. And you very much were involved with quite a few people, everyone from uh, Emma Lively who was creating a play to other individuals that were writing or doing different things. If, if there is an artist type that has taken on that archetype as a loner, would you suggest that perhaps they do find that village of people to connect with on a continual basis to keep them inspired? Yes, I think uh, if an artist is trying too hard to do it alone, it puts a great deal of pressure on the artist and makes it easier for, for them to pick up a block and not be able to dismantle it. So often there are people, when they're creative, they want to close in and protect their work, and, and that keeps them in that loner position or slightly hiding. Do you find that sharing your work helps to improve it, or uh, is there a fear that is valid about sharing work and having it, whether it's taken or misconstrued or manipulated from other people? I think you have to be very careful about who you show your embryonic work to. Uh, if you show it to the wrong person, 
They won't be able to see what you're driving at, and they may shoot it down. Um, a good example of this was I, I am friends with a woman named Sonia Choquette. Uh, Sonia is an author and a, a sort of world-renowned psychic, and she wrote a book uh, about becoming comfortable with your intuitive gifts, and she showed it to a friend of hers who said, is English your first language? This book needs an incredible amount of work. And Sonia got very discouraged and put the book away. Uh, and it stayed away for about 10 years until she encountered me. And I said to her, what about this book? And she said, oh, Julia, I, I don't really think I have a book. And I said, well, why don't you let me look at it? and make a decision about that. So she sent her husband over with the book. She was too shy to even bring it herself. And I read it, and by God, it was a good book. It just needed to be smoothed over a little bit, a little bit of structuring. Uh, but there was no, no question that English was not her second language. Uh, and she had just shown it to somebody who was blocked and competitive. And she hadn't realized that she had to be more careful with who she picked to show it to. And when we choose people like that that are blocked or more competitive to to share with, are we doing that as a means of self-sabotage or because we don't have confidence in the work ourselves that we create that scenario? Well, we have... Uh, a belief that art is difficult. And so we have a tendency uh, at first uh, to want to believe the harshest critic and to take the harshest critic as, as though they knew exactly what they were talking about. And once we try and find people who can support us and support our art, and who can see where we're trying to go with a piece of work, um, then we give our work to them. And I usually have you know four or five people who read a first draft, and I listen for their feedback over what is the most interesting, what they'd like more of. Um, but I've collected my believing mirrors, as I call them, uh, over about a decade's time. Now, for those people that don't know your terminology, believing mirrors, explain what that is. A believing mirror is somebody who mirrors back to you your your potential and your power. It's somebody that if you say, I'm writing a novel, they say, oh, goody, I'd love to read it, not oh, Julia, don't you know what the odds are against publishing a novel? So you, you want somebody who believes in the possibility, and that's a believing mirror. So these are people that can help us to hold a vision as we bring it into fruition. Yes. Yes, and sometimes they have to be pretty stubborn. I had one book that had 43 submissions before finally 43 and 44 both wanted it. 
But during that period of time when we were getting the rejections, I depended on my friend Sonia, who was a believing mirror for me. And she would say, Julia, I see the book being published. I see the book being published. My guest today is Julia Cameron, an amazing woman, a creative and an award-winning poet, playwright, and filmmaker. She has written over 30 books, ranging from novels such as The Dark Room to her incredibly successful The Artist Way, which has sold more than 2 million copies worldwide. She now has released another wonderful book called The Creative Life, which gives a great interpretation of what it's like to be a creative and move through the world, seeking balance between the space and the busyness of life. You can contact Julia Cameron at theartistway.com and find out about many of her books. There's some amazing children's books as well as books on prayer and also some support tools to The Artist Way and some other books such as Right to Right or The Vein of Gold, Walking in This World. There are numerous events that will be taking place, and you can go to her website, theartistway.com, and find out about some of these wonderful events. She's got 12-week Artist Way workshops that are taking place, one of which uh, has started and is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Also, October 23rd, Creativity and Spirituality in Sedona, Arizona. And December 12th, Creativity and Divinity in New York, New York. Find out more about these events and other exciting tools and books at theartistway.com. We'll be right back with Julia Cameron. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you a mom or a mom-to-be? If so, a lot of questions and concerns may be going through your mind. So much information. How do we get it all straight? Tune in to A Labor of Love, Expectations for Pregnancy and Parenting with host Karen Engstead. Our program will take you from the first steps of pregnancy to the first steps of your child. We'll cover unique topics as well, including using the law of attraction during pregnancy, elimination communication, and more. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Cameron, well known for The Artist Way, a worldwide bestseller, is with me today, and we are discussing her work, The Creative Life, a newly released book, citing creativity as an authentic spiritual path. Julia Cameron has been embraced by many spiritual diverse groups, such as the Buddhists, Sufis, Roman Catholics, Church of Religious Science, and Unity, with quite a few British Wiccans thrown in there. Her three affirmative prayer books, Heart Steps, Blessings, and Transitions, are widely used, beloved for both their optimism and their pragmatism. Her most recent prayer book is both soothing and inspirational, and it is titled Answered Prayers. It helps to lift our perspective to God's eye view. So if you're looking for some of her wonderful prayer books, definitely go to her website, theartistway.com, or you can also find those in bookstores. And while you're at it, pick up The Creative Life and help yourself see who you are through the pages of her journey in creating and writing a book as you move through the balance of busyness and space. Julia, you were talking about how you have believing mirrors and one of the books you had written, you were on number 43 or number 44 of submissions after many, many rejections. Even with Believing Mirrors, how do you stay positive on a project when you get rejection after rejection? Well, one thing that I do is I sometimes sit down and read the book myself again, and then I I come away saying, it is a good book. I do like it. And that helps you to hang on to your faith. Uh, but it also helps to have believing mirrors. Uh, and believing mirrors who are steadfast in their support of you. As I said, I'm lucky I have Sonia Choquette as a believing mirror for myself. I also have a friend named Gerard Hackett. And Gerard and I have been friends since we were 17 years old. And Gerard is a believing mirror, and he's one of the people that I show a first draft to. And uh, he can usually see where the work is trying to go and give me notes to help move it in that direction. Well, it brings a lot of comfort to know that someone who is as successful as you are and as creative and very much a a forerunner, a forebearer, a leader, and a teacher for the rest of us, 
that you struggle also with many of the same issues that the average creative person uh, working to write their first work or, or whether it is painting their first picture goes through as well? Well, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of mythology that sinks in on a, on a sort of soul level from living in our culture. And it's things like um, if you read uh, Us or People or any of the uh, sort of pop magazines, they're talking about people in their 20s. Uh, and you don't very often read somebody in their 60s, somebody in their 50s. So you unconsciously come away with the idea, I'm too old to be starting this piece of work. And that's, that's one of the big questions. A lot of people do feel like uh, too much time has passed. I'm too old to do something creative now. I don't have enough time to to take to do what it takes to be successful or I don't have the talent that other people have or I don't have the luck. What do we do with all of those thoughts as they arise? Because we all seem to have that negative self-talk that comes up over and over again, uh, even if there were believing mirrors in place, that those conversations seem to be continual at times. Well, I, I'm going to put in a plug for some artist's way tools. Um, I am going to suggest writing three pages in the morning. I call it morning pages. And there are three pages of stream of consciousness. And they are often negative and grumpy and whiny. And I find that if you get your negative, grumpy, whiny self on the page, then it leaves you free for more optimism to enter during the rest of the day. And morning pages, is that right when you get up out of bed, or is there a certain time that all of that negativity can really be harnessed and placed on a, a piece of paper? Well, you just do it right when you get out of bed. And sometimes um, they're quite perky, so I don't want people to feel that if they aren't horribly painful, they aren't real. Uh, I just know that if you are writing morning pages, there's sort of no wrong way to do them. They're just stream of consciousness. And yet your critic or your censor will perk up his ears and say things like, oh, Julia, you're so whiny or you're so petty. And you just simply say to your critic, thank you for sharing. And what I find is that it's a portable skill in other words, if you train your critic to stand to one side when you're doing morning pages, you can use the same technique later in the day when you're trying to work on your, uh, your other writing, and the critic will raise its head, and you'll say to your critic, thank you for sharing, but I'm just going to keep going. So morning pages are sort of the greased slide out of writer's block. And so you utilize morning pages daily, and then you set aside a separate time to actually write. And is yes. that also a daily exercise? And how long do you find yourself doing that? Um, it, I make it pretty casual. Um, sometimes it's a couple hours. Sometimes I, I get done very quickly. Other times I seem to dawdle. 
Um, but the important thing is doing those morning pages every day uh, because they are what clear the way for your other writing. And along with morning pages, you have other tools that you recommend that people utilize. Artist dates are one of those. Yes, it's good you brought up artist dates. I, I think of it this way. You're building a sort of spiritual radio kit, and with morning pages you're sending. You're going, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I want more of, this is what I want less of. And you're, it's as if you're on a life raft and you're going, then once a week I ask you to go do something fun, something festive, and do it all by yourself. And what that does is it switches the dial over to receive, and you start to get hunches and intuitions, and you begin to connect up uh, with what some people would call God, other people would call the muse, other people would call the universe, the force, the Tao. doesn't matter what you call it, but if you take the time to do something festive each week, you will make contact with this. And then the, the third tool that I think is so important is getting out for a walk. Uh, and I'm teaching uh, an Artist Way workshop right now, and I assigned them two, two walks this week. Uh, and walking helps to integrate the tools. So if morning pages are sending, artist dates are receiving, and then walking is integrating. It also seems that that's very much a mind-body-spirit approach, that the morning pages really works with what's going on in the mind, and the walking helps to get the body moving so that we open ourselves up to give and receive, and then the artist state really inspires the spirit and helps us connect to our inner self. Yes, it's, it's a pretty holistic toolkit. That's wonderful. And you also have uh, that available for people to uh, to have as a kit that they can they can order. It's you, you did a complimentary piece to the artist way. Are, are you talking about um, the uh, morning pages journal? The, the morning the pages work- journal, the artist way workbook. You have another another the piece workbook. That- yes, the workbook. Takes uh, you do your morning pages, you do your artist dates, and then the workbook explores all the other tasks that the artist way asks you to experiment with. Wonderful. How important is it to give ourselves permission? You know, so many of us want to write or want to delve into a creative aspect. Is, is often the block that we haven't given ourselves permission to be creative or permission to be successful, permission to have doors open for ourselves? Well, one of the things that I do is give people a tool called archaeology. And I ask them how many... Um, I'm going to let you tell us about archaeology when we return from the break. Uh, we move on to the next section. I am with Julia Cameron, and we are discussing her latest release, which is The Creative Life, a wonderful book that is somewhat of a a story of her own life and how she delves into her creativity through connecting with her peers, her believing mirrors, the space, the balance, and the busyness of life. 
In the process, she continues the use of her own basic tools, two of which are very pivotal in creative recovery, the morning pages and the artist date. You can find out more about these things on her website, theartistway.com, and you can also find out about news and events and many other of the wonderful 30-odd books and creations that Julia Cameron has had. We'll be right back to discuss a little bit more with Julia Cameron. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why Shamanism Now? A practical path to authenticity will awaken the unique genius within you. Host Christina Pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health, well-being, and joy through the practices of Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. Tune in each week to Why Shamanism Now? Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Cameron has brought forth many wonderful pieces to encourage us, inspire us, to entertain us. Of these things, there are two basic tools that have really helped support many people in step, stepping more into their creative life. 
these two pivotal tools in creative recovery are the morning pages and the artist date. Morning pages are three pages of longhand stream of consciousness writing done first thing in the morning. There's no wrong way to do it, and they're not high art. They are about anything and everything that crosses your mind, and they're for your eyes only to help you work through the negative self-talk. The artist date is a once-weekly festive solo expedition to explore something that interests you. The artist date doesn't need to be overtly artistic. Think mischief more than mastery. And then the final piece that we go into when we're discussing these three tools will allow you to integrate, and that is walking, getting the body moving and integrating these concepts so that you can move according to your own rhythm and start to create beauty in the world. Her latest book, The Creative Life, helps to go through her life as an artist and how she maneuvers the space and the busyness of life along with interacting with peers and leading mirrors to ultimately birth a book. Julia, I'd like to welcome you back to 1111 Talk Radio. We were talking about the archaeology, how someone really takes a lot of that negative talk and then moves forward. Can you talk, uh, go into a little more detail about what you were beginning? Well, I was going to talk about a tool I call archaeology, and it's a tool that is designed to be done quickly. And I ask people to number from one to five, and then I ask them, what was your father's attitude toward art. Your father thought artists were, and then they write down what their father thought artists were. And then your mother thought artists were. Uh, What art forms did you practice when you were young as a child? What art forms were you still practicing at age 21? What art form do you lust after now? And uh, when they look at their, their answers, they begin to see that they were probably brought up by people who were afraid of art. Uh, Often if you say, I want to become a writer, the response is, oh, darling, don't you think you might need something to fall back on? Whereas if we said, I'm thinking of becoming a banker, uh, there wouldn't be any negative feedback. But our mythology says that artists are broke, neurotic, lonely, um, and it doesn't make you want to rush right out and do it, does it? Well, it certainly creates a lot of hesitancy when you're not sure if you're going to pay your rent. But that was not your experience. You dived into your creativity very well, and you've always been well taken care of. It opened the doors for you. Yes, I started writing full-time when I was about 18. And uh, I, other than a short stint as a cocktail waitress, uh, I've been making my living as a writer ever since. One of the parts of the book that I thoroughly enjoyed in The Creative Life was when you were working with a group of students and you were really giving them the encouragement to delve fully into their creative passions and that it would allow, the universe would allow them to move forward and be very supported in those endeavors if they really believed that that was possible. Yes. and uh, But I, I want to say that I don't encourage people to quit their day jobs. I, I give them a toolkit that allows them to keep their life intact and make changes within that life so that uh, 
for example, uh, you don't need a full-time committed swath of time in order to write a book. A book is written a page at a time. And if you break it down to, today I'm going to write one page, uh, by the end of a week you have seven pages. Uh, In 90 days you have uh, 90 pages. In 180, you have 180 pages, and it, the book gets written. There are a lot of people that are saying uh, that reading is something that is becoming obsolete, that people don't read as much as they used to. There's not enough time to engage in things, that our electronics have taken over our minds. How do you, what do you find is going on in terms of uh, writing and reading for people? Well, uh, I just saw an interesting uh, advertisement in a magazine which pointed out that since people were using all the social networking, the, the Twitter and the Facebook, there were actually, they were reading magazines just as much as before. And I think with um, Kindle uh, and iPad, uh, people can read books in a much more portable fashion. Um, so I actually think it's alarmist to say that nobody reads anymore. Uh, I believe people read. They may be introduced to what they're going to read through a different means, but people do still read. They do still buy books. It is worthwhile to write them. And for the person that is endeavoring in being an author or creative in that in that area, has the business of writing changed? I'm not a good person to ask about that because, uh, you know, all my life what I have done is I've written it and then it has found a path. And I've been very lucky. Uh, I have been at Putnam uh, since The Artist's Way. I have a publisher, Joel Fotinos, who's a very sort of visionary publisher. And uh, so I haven't had the horrible experience of people uh, saying that the business is set against writers. I haven't found that to be true. Well, and that gives a lot of encouragement to people because so often there is that negative conversation and others that are trying to dissuade you or tell you that the industry is hard. And so it's really encouraging to hear that there are publishers that stand behind their authors and that there are people that can really go into their creativity full force with their heart and not have to worry so much about the mental dialogue of business and how to make it work. Yeah, I actually think uh, talking about the writing business and how tough it is is just a great way to get writer's block. You know, it's like, what's the use? Why should I bother writing? What are the odds stacked against me? And the actually, the odds improve incredibly if you actually write the book. It, it does help to actually have a book, doesn't it? <laughs> now, I know that in the process of you writing The Creative Life, you were living in New York City, and it was a very busy lifestyle. You have since been moved is, was part of, of the desire to move, did that come out of discovering the busyness and, and getting tired of that busy lifestyle in New York, or was that something that just happened to be coincidental? 
I think uh, it's interesting. Uh, midway through the book, The Creative Life, I'm talking to a friend of mine and saying I have a fantasy that maybe Santa Fe would be a good place to live. And he says, oh, no, it's a terrible place to live. It's a terrible place to teach. And uh, I go, oh, all right. You know, and I, I'm quickly talked out of my fantasy. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, the way that coming to Santa Fe came to me uh, was I was praying, and I was praying about another issue completely. I was feeling like I was being jealous and competitive and not uh, not functioning, you know, out of a sense of generosity. Uh, and so I was praying about it, and I heard, move to Santa Fe. So I thought, this has to be an error. So I prayed about it again, and again I got the urge to go to Santa Fe. So I called up a girlfriend of mine who's been my my closest friend for about 32 years, a woman named Juliana McCarthy, a poet and actor. And I called her up and I said, I've been praying and I got told to move to Santa Fe and I expected her to say, oh, Julia, that's just a geographic. Stay right where you are. Your life in New York is going fine. But instead what she said was, what a wonderful idea. Hmm. Spirituality is very much a part of who you are, and it comes across in many books. You've written quite a few prayer books as well. You very much rely on your intuition and your connection to the divine, and is is that part of what drives your writing and your creative process? Yes. Uh, I think... uh... I use the toolkit. I use morning pages, artist dates, and walks, and those are all sort of a, a form of listening, uh, getting clear yourself. Um, the reason that the creative life is called uh, finding your true north is that a lot of times when we are confused, uh, we are going south. We're going the opposite direction of our authentic selves. And I believe that if you keep a, a set of believing mirrors and you keep working with the tools, the, that the point of your compass starts to shake away from south. For me, New York was getting to be south. Uh, and I slowed down, and when I slowed down, I realized that I didn't have many of the things. There's a tool that's very simple which uh, tells us a lot, and it's to number from 1 to 25 and list 25 things that you love. And, and I'm going to have you tell us about that tool when we come back from the, great, the break. I'm with Julia Cameron, author of The Creative Life, Finding Your True North. You can find out more about her at theartistway.com. She says, most of us have no idea of our real creative height. We are much more gifted than we know. Her tools help to nurture those gifts. Come right back and we'll speak a little bit more with Julia Cameron, theartistway.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. If you are curious about IVF and third-party family building, what it is, and where you can get the answers you need, meet the surrogacy lawyer, Teresa M. Erickson. Teresa became a surrogacy lawyer after the wonderful experience of being a participant in third-party family building. Whether you're looking to IVF, becoming a donor or surrogate, or a prospective parent, you are sure to come away with valuable advice from our program. The Surrogacy Lawyer, your guide to IVF and third-party family building, is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. given remarkable help to others. Herself, she's an award-winning poet, playwright, and filmmaker. She's written over 30 books, ranging from her widely praised, hard-hitting crime novel, The Dark Room, to volumes of children's poems and prayers. She is very well known for The Artist's Way, which has sold more than 2 million copies worldwide. In addition to follow-up bestsellers such as The Vein of Gold, Walking in This World, and The Right to Write. And you can find out about all of these at her website, theartistway.com. 
In addition, we have been talking about her latest release, which is The Creative Life, Finding Your True North. And I'd like to also mention a wonderful new novel that she has just released called Mozart's Ghost. It is a romantic comedy, so you can pick that one up as well from any of your um, bookstores or online off of Amazon or any of the online sources. Julia, we were talking about another tool uh, you said was numbered from 1 to 25 that can help you understand that if you've gotten off direction from your true north and find yourself going south. Talk a little bit about that tool, please. Well, it's, it's a very simple tool. You're asked to, to quickly list 25 things that you love. And when, what happened to, with me was I made my list, and on it I had mountains, sage, pine trees, birds, and there I was living right in the middle of New York where I didn't have access to any of it. And so it became clear to me that the things which actually spoke to my soul and delighted my soul were located back in the Southwest. So um, Santa Fe, uh, I have bird feeders right outside my writing window uh, whereas in New York, outside my writing window, I had the top of one tree and a fire escape. So um, I just uh, believe in doing that quick little test of 25 things you love and then see what, uh, how many of those you actually have in your life or how many of them you could put in your life where you've got it. Uh, another quick tool is just a wish list, and you number from 1 to 20, and you go, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, and you fill in 20 wishes. And this is a deceptively powerful tool. Uh, It's so simple, and it's sort of annoying. Uh, People sort of feel a little cornered, like, Julia, I can't think of any more wishes. And I say, well, just try, try to get 20, uh, and when they do, uh, it often shows them the direction of the compass going north, what it would entail for them. And that requires quite a bit of surrender as well, because oftentimes the practical mind will tell you that it's not possible to just pack up and move. My life is here. My friends are here. It, it will go into a lot of deep conversation about why that's not the possibility. But oftentimes, if we are able to follow our love and our wishes, that is the direction of our flow. Yes, I think that's true. I think um, one of the things that my toolkit does is allow people to say every day, am I getting any of, any of the things that I love into my day today? Another tool which is very useful is number from one to five, and list five imaginary lives it would be fun to have. So this isn't where you put Mother Teresa, unless that strikes you as fun. But (laughs) you do five imaginary lives, and then you look at each life and see if there's one action you can take in the life you've actually got in the direction of the life you're wishing for. So when I was in New York... And I would do my list of five things. One of the things that always came up was cowgirl. Uh, I love horses. I've been a rider ever since I was little, and there was nowhere to ride in New York. So is there something I can do that gets me closer to that? 
And the answer was, yes, go, go pet a cab horse. So it's just a small, uh, small action uh, in the direction of the life you'd like to have. And what that does is bring you joy. Julia, what is it that you want to be remembered for as the legacy that you brought to planet Earth? I'd like to be remembered for my Artist Way toolkit. Um, I'd also like to be remembered some for my art. Um, you know, so it's not only uh, does she help people, she actually does it herself. And what what words of advice would you give to people who have never really tapped into their creativity? What can it bring to their lives if they allow themselves that gift? Oh, they start to get happy. People start to get happy and enthusiastic, uh, and they become more optimistic. And the sentence that's normally said to me about the artist's way is, your book changed my life. And I say, oh, no, you changed your life. And they say, oh, well, I used your tools. And I say, yes, that's true. And in the stand, from the standpoint of creativity, it doesn't just have to be writing or painting or uh, creating music. You speak about bringing our creativity into even the most mundane parts of our life. Yes, and that's what morning pages do. They poke into all the little corners of your life, and you find yourself doing creative things, uh, even though you think you aren't creative you begin to discover areas where you do have creativity. And those would be things like anything from cooking to decorating the house to dressing ourselves? Yes, all three of those are good good arenas. Wonderful. I want to thank you so much, Julia, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. You completely inspire me and allow me to delve into my own creative aspects. As I know you inspire so many others. So we look forward to receiving many more wonderful creative works from you. I'd like to let my audience know that you can pick up a copy of The Creative Life. You can find out about more of Julia Cameron's works at theartistway.com and also pick up her latest novel, Mozart's Ghost, a wonderful romantic comedy. Uh, once again, the website is theartistway.com. I'm Simran Singh with 1111 Talk Radio, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice. With 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks 
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.